Welcome to the Murder Club for Beginners podcast. I'm Nick and I'm in Brisbane. I'm Mel and I'm in Melbourne and we hope you enjoy listening to our podcast. Hey Nick, how's your week been? Good, how you doing? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Uh, always feels a bit weird coming on because we've had a pre-chat before our chat. So, uh, <laughs> But how many Ks have you done this week? Um, I'm up to 45, but um, three of those were walking the dog today and that took forever because it was a very sniffy walk, I can tell you. <laughs> very, very sniffy. I think he oh, sniffed every too. blade of grass, but yes. Oh. So, yeah, a few more to go. So how many are you aiming for at the moment? Like what's your week of case? Uh, my week this week, I'm hoping to get up to 55. Ooh. 60 would be a stretch. It depends on um, if my plan for tomorrow morning works out yeah. um, and how my legs are feeling. So, yeah, I'm hoping to squeeze a bit of a long, not too long, but longer than 5K in tomorrow, but we'll see how I go. I mean, I'm impressed. I'm uh, going to hit 15Ks this week and I think that's more than enough. Uh, yeah, that's good for when you're starting out. That's all I used to run if I was doing a half marathon when we lived overseas. I'd only run yeah. 15K the week leading up to it and I'd rest my legs the day before. Yeah. Now if I, I rest my legs, they forget how to move. <laughs> I think I'm okay with 15 as my sort of hit and then uh, interlacing it with uh, I picked up on the walking again just to get Yep. That distance on my legs, as I know you have recommended before, uh, it does make a difference to my running uh, as well. So, Oh, good. Yeah. You know, you always have great advice. I may even do a park run this <gasps> week, but I cannot promise. Yay. I can't. Uh, promise. Depends on how early I get up. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about, I don't, I don't want to have to get up at, seven o'clock to get there for an eight o'clock park run how am i going to be at your races if you don't want to you know you don't want to get up early to do your seven or your six o'clock starts this is why i live in melbourne you can do a race at 10 rather than at six <laughs> <laughs> um so this week we have a bit of a a random question as we mostly do uh would you give up your pet to save the world? Would you give up CETO to save the world? Oh, that's a tough call. The world's a very worthy cause, but so is CETO. Um, so is that a no? That's probably a no, to be honest. Sorry, world, okay. you're, you're all gone. It's just me and the dog. <laughs> so can we, can we expand on that? Would you give up Craig to save the world? Uh, maybe, depending on how good he'd been. Okay, and would you give up yourself to save the world? Oh, of course I would. I'm no use to anyone. <laughs> I mean, you're used to me, so definitely uh, without <laughs> Nick in the world, it would be a very, very sad place. Uh, <laughs> oh, thanks, Melly. <laughs> but interesting, Sita gets top billing on the uh, – Sito versus the world, uh, mm-hmm. and Craig gets a rusty second. Um, <laughs> well, I'll put it this way. Craig is under no illusions either. 
And do we think that Craig would give up Seto to save the world? I'd say no. He's a big softie when it comes to animals now. He's really mellowed out. Yeah, so I would say that's a definite no. Oh, that's sort of really cute. Considering you two haven't haven't had a dog or a cat ever in your relationship, mm-hmm. have you? Sito's your first. No, Sito's our second. We had Simba. Um, oh, that's right. But Simba. When we, we couldn't take him with us when we moved to Sydney. So yeah, yeah. and he was a different type of dog. See, Simba may have been borderline on, you know, will I do it or not? He was a bit more <laughs> aggressive than uh, than than um, Sito is. Yeah. And did you have Simba from puppy stage or? No, and that was the problem because we inherited him um, from the next-door neighbour of Craig's parents at the time and we had known him from puppy stage and he hadn't been trained from puppy stage and we, speaking of dogs, Sito, shush, we um, probably had encouraged some of his bad puppy habits and we paid the price for that when we inherited him. (laughs) Okay, so there was a real comic uh, hit in the bum. It was, now. it was. Craig was always joking, I could get a dog if I could get Simba, and then we got Simba. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. There you Car- go. Doggy Karma came back to bite him on the butt. Oh. And uh, you tell me you've got some unusual ways to die. I've got yeah, today. I do. Yeah, but- yeah. Yep. Oh, well, well, that too. Um, okay. So I can't remember where I got this from, but it was a very good. Actually, I think this is from the. No, that's not the SBS site. Um, anyway, so there was this lady in the 1920s. She was a popular dancer called Isadora Duncan. Mm-hmm. Um, and she died of strangulation after the Ooh. scarf she was wearing got caught up in the axle of the car she was riding in. So, you know, when you see them in those open top old cars and they've got the yep. scarf and everything, hers obviously was too long and it didn't end well. Oh, is this why seatbelts came in? Possibly. Um, possibly. Um, now, I didn't go into this one because I just thought, oh, my God, that's just so tragic anyway. Yep. Apparently the playwright, Tennessee Williams, he choked on a bottle cap. Oh, what was I that? Hold it, hold it. What was he doing with the bottle cap in his mouth? Well, I don't know. I don't know whether he was trying to open the bottle or what. I just thought that's just, that's just, that's almost Darwin Award, so I'm just going to skip right over that one. I mean, it, 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 there's two things here. So don't open a bottle with your teeth. I mean, there's a bit of a lesson. Yeah, well, that's a, a bit of, yeah. Yeah, and now, now we really know why because. It could, can kill you. Yeah. Mm. And do you just, let's go back to the seatbelt. Do you ever remember riding in the car when you were a kid uh, without having to have a seatbelt on? Because we are born in the 70s. And yes. I can't remember when seatbelts came in, but it, when I was a kid, I do remember being in the car. I was very little, uh, and I don't know what happened, but I didn't have a seatbelt on because uh, I don't even think our car, old Kingswood at that point, had one. And I remember nearly falling out of the car. So... Uh, do, yeah, do you remember back when no um, seatbelts were, were required? I don't. I remember our, our old Renault had them. I don't remember um, why when they came in. I think it was when I was in primary school in the 80s. Mm. I don't know. I'm just going to have to calm down. Sito, calm down. So, uh, yeah, I just remember we always had them and then we got rid of the Renault. I think I was about 10 
and then the new car always had them. So, okay. yeah. It is interesting, isn't it? Like, it, like for me, yeah. it's a really old, almost grainy in my head memory. Uh, yeah. But because uh, we had a, an apple green Kingswood and <laughs> I think not I, the Kingswood I, Melly, not the Kingswood. Uh, I also remember the smell of it. There was this mm-hmm. horrible smell what? to it. Yeah, oh. yeah, the old cars yeah. like the Renault. It was just yeah, and you know you'd like you'd peel yourself off the vinyl seats. And, yeah. Oh yep. gosh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially in Queensland heat. Oh. oh. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it was horrid. Um, I actually do have another one too. Now this Brilliant. is the one that I will admit did um, did capture my interest the most. Yeah. Um, this is called Death by Hungry Sheep. Um, okay. Apparently, sheep, if they're hungry enough, have quite an aggressive side. And there was a 67-year-old farmer's wife who was taking a nice dinner of hay up to the flock of sheep using an ATV vehicle, and the sheep were in a field overlooking quarry. And the sheep were quite hungry. They got super excited to see her. They charged the ATV and jumped onto the ATV, knocking her into the quarry. Now, ironically, she would have survived the actual fall itself, but the weight of the sheep, they actually knocked the ATV onto her and she was crushed by the ATV vehicle. Oh, wow. Death by sheep. Yeah, death by sheep. Now, I bet that's one you hadn't thought of. Uh, I have to admit, it hadn't really crossed my mind. Via ATV. So are we saying, I mean, not obviously this podcast is more about how to get rid of a body and not kill someone, Mm -hmm. Uh, but, you know, on the back of your whole mitten story, (laughs) you you could pretend it's an accidental death Mm -hmm. and then blame the animal basically is what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Nice. I like that. Um, so you, they're pretty unusual ways to die. They are. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you also have some more innovative ways to dispose of a body this week. Yes. Now, um, this is actually courtesy of an SBS website that I happened to find. Yeah. I did also Um, see this. It's a very weird website or very weird article. Yeah. Yep. Now, um, this one would be, uh, yeah, I don't think this would really work um, if you want to get rid of the whole body, but sky burials are big apparently in China and Tibet where you lump the body up on the mountaintop to be eaten by scavenging animals. Um, I yeah. can see that would be, you know, not not pleasant to have to do because let's face it, dead bodies as we've discussed are quite heavy exactly. and stinky. Yeah. Um, but it would certainly, you know, help with the decomposition. Now, um, the next one um is from Italy and basically they place the dead body in a fetal position within a large biodegradable pod which is then buried um beneath the seed for a tree and as the pod decomposes it will fertilize the soil around the seed providing food for the growing tree and you can choose several trees olive birch cherry and wait for it eucalyptus and oak okay bizarre but, you know, mm-hmm. I get that, you know, fertilising uh, nature for future generations to sit underneath. Yep. Great. Yep. yep. And then I went on to um, the nine.com AU website, which brings up some interesting things as well. Um, and I thought you could probably, if you're smart enough, um, if you were the one 
which I don't condone in any way, who happened to be making the said dead body happen. Yep. yep. Um, Melbourne Uni receives about 200 bodies a year, which are usually collected within 24 hours of death. So mm-hmm. if you happen to use a poison, poison that had masking agents and didn't look like it was poison, you could just send it off to be dissected and cremated and then you'd get the dead person's ashes back and there you go. Bob's on the mantelpiece or okay. not if you depends on how much you really wanted Bob gone. Um, yeah. I, th- and I, I think we'll um, live without yeah. Bob on the mantle. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and a Swedish biologist, um, he came up with the idea to freeze the corpse in liquid nitrogen, then put it on a conveyor belt that shakes it to, to dust in 60 seconds. And apparently this process reduces the need for energy and does not release toxins into the air. Yeah. And the remains decompose pretty quickly and also are effective as a fertiliser. Now, obviously, these are a bit in-depth. You'd need to know, you know, you, well, have your big supply of liquid nitrogen and you had just yeah. happened to have your odd conveyor belt going in your garage or, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. So that could raise suspicions too. Um, but I think the one that would require the most prep and planning goes mm. to a German anatomist, I'm going to say his name wrong, Gunther van Hagens, um, and he has, um, I don't know if you ever saw that exhibit that came, it was body, um, and it was, hum- no. yeah, basically it features humans that have undergone plastination, which is basically replacing the water and the fats from tissues with silicon rubber to leave them looking lifelike but with no skin. Oh, that's gross. Oh. Yep. And then they manipulate the body into a desired shape using wires and needles and clamps and leave it to harden and it becomes part of an exhibit. Oh, that's pretty disgusting. Oh. Yeah, I was okay with it until it was out skin bit, which got me thinking, you know Madame Tussaud's wax works? Yeah. Think about it. So the body's going to start to decompose, but I reckon you've got a good one to four hours before things are going to get really stinky, right? So if you just happen to be, happen upon a body and, oh, look, here's Madame Tussauds, where am I going to hide this thing? Just whack it in there and people are going to pay money and file past and go, that's a really lifelike corpse, you know? That's a scene from CSI. I I could see that. I had that random thought today. If we did it in London, we might get a little longer out of the body. Uh, Brisbane might give us an hour. Uh, yeah, um, but yeah, no. Let's and if we put a lot of makeup on it, then it'll really exactly. look like a uh, really look like a a wax you know, exhibit. Yep. Yeah, I like that. I that that's my favorite. I have to admit. Uh, yeah, I can thought of that today. I thought, yeah, hmm. uh, yeah, that's my most fun. The uh, conveyor belt one is very similar to my with his liquid nitrogen. To my dryer, I switches the nitrogen and then break it apart with a hammer. His, though, getting it to dust is even more impressive. But yeah, I thought it was too. I mean, it must be pretty, you have to be like obviously industrial strength conveyor belt and to be pretty, you know, pretty vicious shaking going on there. Definitely. Yeah, to get it. Well, I mean, I don't know how quick it'd get it to dust, but no, neither do I. But yeah. Perfect. Uh, I do <laughs> like those. They're pretty random uh, yep. and 
obviously my favourite being the Madame Tussauds. I'm, I'm just imagining that in my head right now. Just not that I... But think of like, being, even not that, think of the London Dungeon, though, because like that's somewhere where, you know, like that place freaked me out. I wouldn't let go of Craig. Um, and oh, that yeah. just, you know, it's a it's a perfect scenario to set something like that up, up because of what it is. That's, I mean, what about uh, what's Luna Park has a uh, ghost ride and it's yep. it's like a house of horrors, so it's really, really dark. You could do that. You could pop a body in there. Mm-hmm. No one would find it for ages. It's really cool in there as well. Uh, yeah. So I'm sure it would last a lot longer than it would anywhere else. And then uh, they'd be struggling to find it. They'd be like, where is this dinky smell? They would. Yeah, nice. Like that. Hide <laughs> it in plain sight. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, well, this week I did a little digging uh, on the Melbourne Tunnels again because I'm still fascinated by it. Yes. And a, a lot of what's out there is rumour. There isn't a lot of fact. However, I did date someone who used to work for Telstra and has shown me where the entrance to some of the tunnels are. Ooh. Yeah. So they've been converted to, uh, you know, whole telecommunication lines and things like that. But he said he's been in quite a few of them. And, yeah, they're really, really interesting. But you can't necessarily get all the way to the end because they're, you know, stocked with, uh, lines and you yeah, know, electrical cables yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Uh, so they do exist. Uh, but also, I've seen a few other interesting tidbits to say where other tunnels are and tunnel near the Arrow River. And mm-hmm. it was reported that it used to be a large underground bunker near Dite, Dites Falls uh, in okay. Abbotsford. And it's believed that this large underground bunker was an old World War II air raid shelter and could hold a few thousand people. Ooh. That one feels about, about right, yeah, doesn't it? If that we think feels about, about right. That, yeah, that's it. Abbotsford, that sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, and then sort of in the same area, Merry Creek, and as you know, I know the Merry Creek Trail because I used to walk mm-hmm. along there when I first first moved to Melbourne. And we used to talk on the phone a lot. Uh, so th- they do know this one exists because they've seen the entrance near this website and I'll put it on the uh, show notes, uh, near the Merry Creek. And there's even a picture in the thing and they've been excavating the tunnel for the last 10 years. They believe, oh. again, it's a bunker dug by the Americans du- during World War Two and used to store ammunitions, and it was sealed and filled in after the war with dirt and rocks. So that is another. And then you've got your Swanston Street one is here. Yep. uh, And that, I know you talked about that last time. Supposedly there's another bunker under Spencer Street. We know Spencer Street Station um, is there, of course. Similar to the underground bunker, uh, there's also supposedly one under Spencer Street Railway Station. And there's a tunnel underneath Spencer Street near Burke Street from the old mail exchange to the railway station. 
So, you know. Tunnels. I mean, and there's heaps and heaps more. So I'll pop in the show notes um, all the different uh, tunnels that this site talks about and all the all the gossips and rumours, but most of them haven't been confirmed. Oh, sadly. But, yeah, yeah, there would be a lot of tunnels, I imagine. Like you said, there'd be a lot that were bunkers in World War II and, yeah, Yeah. very interesting. I know, I know. And, uh, you know, I've had... exploring to do. I know. If only we could explore them. Like, I mean, I know you're not meant to in London, but there's a lot of underground explorers who do explore the old tube stations Mm -hmm. uh, and all the underground tunnels because you can find the entrances a lot easier and know that they were there cool very cool i think that's we've got that's all we've got this week i mean it's uh i think it's a short episode um Mm -hmm. but i think we have covered a lot obviously my favorite being the Madame Tussauds wax museum. You're going to go look into that now, aren't you? <laughs> I'm not, but I'm probably going to dream about it tonight because I've got this visual in my head of now walking through and just yep. this body that I know shouldn't be there just popping up and just going, who the heck's that? I mean, and then <laughs> turning to the person I'm with and going, that's not anyone famous. Who Do you know who that is? Um. <laughs> And then everyone else around, you know, sort of doing the same thing, going, no, I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. What's that doing here? And then almost just seeing the the makeup starting to melt off their face. Uh, Mm Yeah. I don't know why I'm thinking that, but for some reason. It would would happen. It would probably come undone pretty quick. But I just think for a quick, you know, stash and dash, that would dash and dash. That would work for a few seconds. <laughs> okay, so that's what we're aiming for. The stash and dash. I'd love to hear anyone else's stash and dash story or ideas <laughs> or other locations where we could stash and dash uh, yep. a body. How cool would that be? Uh, yep. To hear other people's random stash and dash locations. Yep. Uh, so if they, they spot somewhere on a walk or a run or they're driving somewhere, we would love to hear their stash and dash locations. <laughs> and before we head off, have you seen a wood chipper this week? No, I'm very sad to report there have not been any wood chipper sightings. Oh, I mean, that is truly disappointing. And I haven't had any DMs from any of our community about woodchippers either. But please do let us know if you've seen a woodchipper lately. All right. Don't kill anyone. I won't kill anyone if you don't kill anyone. I won't kill anyone. Exactly. I won't if you don't. We're all good on that front. Perfect. Well, have a wonderful, I can't even speak, wonderful rest of the week. You too. I will talk to you before next week, obviously. Yep. Okay. Bye, Mel. Well, bye.